1: Learn more at marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, the shark bite has such teeth dead. And it shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife has old Maggie babe. And it keeps it uh, out of sight. You know when that shark bite.
2: Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us again on Macklin's Take. We are still in the second city in Birmingham, in Acox Green at Casey Joe's, and we have wandered in here. As we drove up into the car park, we saw a man outside in the beer garden. (laughs) To any normal passerby, they wouldn't necessarily have given him a second look, but if you're a boxing fan, you will know exactly who he is, because it is Peter Buckley. And listeners to Macklin's take, you are boxing aficionados, and I don't really need to explain to you who Peter Buckley is. But for those of you who aren't aware, he is the original king of the journeyman. Is that a title that you kind of embrace or not um, particularly?
3: Yeah, I'm quite proud of the fact that I had 300 fights and I was a top journeyman, yeah.
2: 300 fights. 32 wins, 256 defeats, 12 draws. Very, very rarely stopped. Now, people who watch boxing every week, we all know the, the crucial role, the crucial um, part that away corner fighters play in boxing up and down the country any number of bills every single weekend. There are countless fights that wouldn't happen were it not for fighters who are happy to take the call at a moment's notice, throw their gloves into the car, their boots into the car, and hightail it up to whatever venue it happens to be, and that, that's what that's what life on the road is as a as a professional away corner fighter. And, and you've been in with, with, with some of the with some of the best. I mean, some of the couple of the names that spring up for me and Nassim Hamed, obviously, yeah. but also Aselino Freitas. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever turn one down?
3: Um, the only fight I ever turned down once. I was in town. I was supposed to fight Lebi Lebuana wherever he's in South Africa, and someone sort of tried to mug me in town. And I had a fight in town, absolutely bust my hand up, so I couldn't fight. But I ended fight, I ended up fighting him about three months later down the road in Bristol and he beat me on points, which easy fight. So that was the only fight I really turned down but at the time but I had him three months later.
2: And what was the what was the kind of latest call? The late latest the latest. latest call?
3: So I'd be sitting in my house, having my dinner, get a phone call. You might be fighting in Dudley in the next couple of hours. Yeah, okay, so just get your kit ready and that was
0: it. <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I just love that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know what I mean? You just don't see that now, really. It I mean, might be the odd one uh, that are still around doing it, but not not with the same regularity and the same. Oh, that, well, the one off, that was that, a good few that times. Was
3: the other. Say, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that, that was pretty standard. Yeah, was pretty standard,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, Chris Lake called it a day last summer, I think. I think last July after he got to 300 fights as well and it's an, it's an extraordinary thing, really, because you have to stay in and around two or three different weights, be capable of making two or three different weights. That'll often mean giving weight away. You have to be just, just ready and, and never injured. So from that point of view, do you actually train much when you're boxing?
3: To, I used to run every day, believe it or not. My tracksuit used to be at the end of my bed every day. And I'd get up before I had to go to work, whatever. five o'clock every morning. I'd do a couple of miles every single day. And when I packed it in, I was still doing them couple of miles and I thought, I don't really have to do this anymore. That was just to always keep myself ticking out. Of it. So I always say you didn't have to be in the gym to be fit, but as long as you do your running, it's your cardio and I always believe, I've always been a good runner since I was a kid. I've always done cross country, I was always in athletic team and that. I was always a good runner, so I've loved running. So I was always fit that way. I was yeah, always naturally fit. Because,
0: you, I mean, when you turned pro, you didn't start out to be a journeyman, did you? You, were, you know, you were decent. Yep, like I well, say. Certainly on a, a Midlands area level. Yeah,
3: like I say, so I was a good amateur. I had 54 fights, lost four. My last fight was when I was fifty. NABC finals, lost to Mark Tibbs. And then I went off the road a bit for five years, in and out of trouble. And I got back boxing just by accident. He was like, Rocky Lawler he used to be a Midland Man's Weight Champion, lived round here. He kept saying to me, come to the gym, come to the gym. So one day I just went to the gym with him and like, Within a few weeks, what the story was? Nobby took me sparring once over Dudley, and there was a big black guy who was a super viper but he was massive. And Nobby put me into to spy with him, and the geezer couldn't get near him I was just peppering him with jabs, jabs, because I thought if he cops me, he's going to knock me out. Do you know what I mean? And then next thing, I got signed up, and I was fighting. But my first fight, I got a draw, but I beat the kid up. My second fight, I lost the box the kid who had like sixty fights. A man, I was only a boy still, and he dropped me the second round. I took the count, and that come back, done all right. Lost the, I, I was a bit gutted. Nobody's going, No, you're doing alright there, you didn't panic when you got dropped and all that. Won my next fight. I started winning a few fights then. But I didn't like, take it really seriously. I just thought I'll have a few fights to keep me out of trouble basically. And then next thing I you know I was having my hundred fight against Mike Devadi. who was British champion in Scotland, a short notice job, days notice, do you know what I mean? Eight threes or six threes. But
2: you know. <laughs> I mean, how how was it in terms of it's always kind of appeared to me that if you go down that route, if you go down the away corner route, lots, lots of people don't do it. Think things don't turn out the way they want them to and then they can't get their head around the, the mental side of being an opponent and knowing that you're not going to get decisions if it's tight and knowing that you're always going to be away from home and knowing that really you're not there to to win. Sometimes you, you do win, obviously. it's yeah. not. It's, there's nothing fixed about it. But how how does your pride kind of square how do you square your pride with it
3: well look say I've had I could have 100 of my fights out of them, 300 i probably lost by half a point in the hometown corner loads of times I've won fights so I haven't got the decision but what you do do you like think packing in uh, but no so I don't let them beat me I'm still earning money eh? providing for my family And I, I enjoyed fighting I love fighting do you know what I mean so it was either fight and get paid for it or fight on the street and get nicked and locked up for it so I would rather get paid for it
0: yeah, and I think I mean the, the thing with Peary, at three hundred fights, you're in that here and he's coherent, no, 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 uh, no, no faculties lost. Mm. You know, he, he never. I don't. I mean, you must have boxed on loads of cards that I boxed on. Yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen you get beat up. The only time I ever seen you with a black eye was when Frank Warren laid on a special thing for him for his 300th fight. Big ring entrance, everything. Like this was yeah. on the, this was a TV slot on the yeah. card. And it was a big deal. His 300th fight, and I think Bascaria boxed.
3: That's what 200 fight. Oh, was that your 200 well, 200 fight, yeah. so it's
0: 200th fight? Yeah. So it's 200. Yeah. But I think because obviously you you tried to win it. Yeah. and you, and you come out with a black
3: eye. But that fight there. I shouldn't have had, because two weeks before my brother had died, you say, so I wasn't having the fight. But nobody didn't talk me into it. We said, "No, oh, the, yeah, they're laying on the yeah, they give me the red carpet, red carpet treatment, basically." So I took the fight, but I shouldn't have really took it for that. I but I thought it's a two hundred fight, but I'll just do it. And it didn't work out. I lost, and I probably would have beat him on a different day, but I got a black eye for it. <laughs> I didn't, didn't like that. <laughs> I was gonna say normally you come out, yes, and i remember yeah.
0: He a uh, Bucks the mate of mine Terry Fletcher oh no, god big kid there. he was really yeah, there, yeah, he yeah. Met, Terry very good friend of mine one of best mates and he turned pro with Frank Warren of through me yeah. I suppose and I think he's second I don't know was his second or third fight he Bucks Bucks a down in Wembley Conference was yeah Wembley Conference yeah and now Terry was a big light welterweight <laughs> yeah. what, would you, what, what really were you
3: I was a super bantamweight super, really, super bantamweight yeah, yeah.
0: you know, so Terry was massive And Terry yeah. was a big puncher yeah, yeah. but he never looked like stopping stuff in no, him no no had no no point. no, had problem, had no, no. time that, no. no stage in that fight no. did Terry ever look like stopping stuff in him, no. you know what I mean he, uh, you, you knew how to
3: look after did, yourself yeah, yeah. didn't you I did yeah look I say I had to learn how to look after myself because like I learned little tricks in the like, good fighters like Paul Wesley I mean he fought Robert McCracken for the British title lost by half a point could gone either way. But I used to spy with kids like that. And used to pick up tricks and that, do you know what I mean? Like, I used to learn off everyone in the gym. Brian Coleman, 180 fights. Colt, I had the 200 fights. You know, that you learn off these kids. Like, when I first started, I was learning off these kids as well, do you know what I mean? I grew with seasoned pro, so... And nobody never, like, sent you in there to win, if you know what I mean. But you ain't going to get the decision down there. Well, don't forget, the, I'll tell you when I realised I was a joke, I boxed Duke McKenzie and I honestly thought, oh, I could give him a fight. He's, he was a flyweight. And he fucking, his jab was like, oh, so he, he, was, he was like really high puncher. Like I thought, fucking hell. And uh, that hurt my problem. I got stopped because I'd never been stopped then. I'd never been stopped as an amateur either or, a, or a pro. And he was the first person to stop me. And it like, devastated me a bit, do you know what I mean? And then I thought, oh, what? Do I, I was, oh, I'll think, you know, shall I pack it in there? then I'll be like, well, oh, you know, it's a world champion who's beat you. you know, there's no disgrace in that. I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. And I was just carried on there. I was just Like I say, but it was disheartening sometimes when you go up to like, Scotland that, Hardest these to get a decision. And you beat a kid up there and you lose by half a point. You know you've won, but what do you do? You just, do you throw it in or do you carry on earning money? you I'll just carry on earning money.
2: In terms of the people that you, you boxed, in terms of their attitude towards you how, did you, how did you find that? Did you come across some youngsters who were a bit cocky and, and fancy their chances and looked at your record and didn't really realise what your, who you were necessarily? Or did most people know? Did most people um, know?
3: Some lads I'd box, especially after I boxed Nazim, right? People was trying to stop me to better him. I'd be like, folk, it's like I boxed um, Spencer Oliver. And if you watch it on YouTube, it was a really good fight, but he dropped me with a shot. And then when I watched it, I was like, how did I get up from that? But I got up and I tore back into him. We had a good fight. You get on YouTube, it was a really good fight. But I knew there was try- everyone was trying to beat uh, Nazi's, you know, well, Naz didn't stop him. We can stop him, we won one above him. Do you know what I mean? So there was all. But some people like, come in and think, well, we can't stop him because I had a big punch like Nazim. So they'd like, just take the time. I'd fiddle him about and I'd talk to him as well. Like, so, like, they'd beat me in the shot. i oh, God, man, I thought you could. I heard you could punch. And they'd be like, look at me as you thought, like, fucking hell, man. And, like, they'd just like, go into the shell and just start trying to point me instead, just box on the back foot and that. So, yeah.
2: yeah. I guess the psychology of it's quite important. The, the, the way that you, The way that you approach it yourself and the way that you try and negotiate your way through the rounds because there'll be sometimes I'd imagine where in the first round, midway through the first round, you think actually this guy's quite he's pretty good this lad, he's quite special, I'm going to really need to pull out all the yeah, stops to get through this you do, yeah, you
3: get a, a guy straight away it's like, I boxed Paul Ingle the first time I boxed him, for three rounds I thought, okay now this kid's going to he's going to stop me this kid, because he just didn't stop throwing punches, but after about the, when it comes about the fourth round he must have thought I ain't gonna stop him there. And he seemed to go back in the gear, so it was alright. But the second time I boxed him, I um I had the flu and he fucking it was hard, but he just grit his teeth and get with it, you, you know what I mean? I don't I don't look for a way out, you know
2: what I mean? Matt, in terms of Birmingham boxing circles, it was it was Peter was very well known, Nobby obvious as well was, was very well known. It was it was it was a kind of a it was kind of a bit of a band of brothers, wasn't it? The the away corner fighters.
0: Yeah, I think there was I mean, when I turned pro in 2001, um, I think Nobby would have bailed Frank Warren out of I don't know how many shows Uh, with people pulling out, you know, other opponents, and like Nobby certainly had a a percentage, a big, a big percentage of the opponents, you know, in the away corner. You know, like you mentioned, Brian Coleman there, Carl Taylor, the uh, Ramsey brothers, the Ramseys. you know, so Paul Ramsey, Paul Kamal, Mark, and Paul Ramsey. Uh, box for Small Leaf Boxing Club, the same as me. You know, they always trained out of Small Leaf. So I was, you know, was sparring with Paul when I was 15. I went down to Nobby's Gym in Aston with Paul uh, to get the pads off Andrew May- yeah, uh, Myers. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, good on the pads, get yeah. a workout and that. So, you know, that. Nobby was a uh, uh, and, and, and all the fighters out of Nobby's. What was it called? L- losers. Limited cycle. Like, yeah. yeah, it's called losers. He, it's he's only done the, the program business.
3: and he's done it to set the piece. You know I mean, he was like tongue in cheek. Nubby was because we was all in the gym when he said that. We was all like, Nah, nah, don't start saying that. He went fuck him. But we didn't like the name that he gave it. If you know what I mean? But he was like Psh, tough. He was like, I don't give a fuck, friend you know, please, he didn't care. But, yeah. If I put us
0: Paul Wesley. Um, I mean, who else? There was. There was Lowe's was not it? was
3: But uh, was... Um, uh, Tony Hanna. Yeah? Yeah, he, he two amateur fights, Tony Hanna. Right? He was up Argin when he was 15 years of age. He ended up fighting Damien Kelly for the British and Commonwealth fights. Lost on points. You know, he, was a, he beat some good kids, Tony Hanna did. Two amateur fights. You know what I mean? He's unheard of. You, you know, he good to that level. He fought world-class fighters, Mexicans, South Africans. I think he only ever got stopped once towards the end of his career when he was on the slide, you know what I mean? But he was a good, tough kid, yeah. yeah I mean, poor, poor
0: Ramsey called Paul Denton as a pro. Well, I boxed him, but it was a mad one really because I um you know, Paul was a good mate of mine, really. I mean, he's 10, 10, 11, 12 years older than me, but really took me under his wing at small age. Lovely, lovely Good fighter as well, though, as well. Really good Box, you know, IBA champion. ABA champion, young England. Rob McCracken, i tell you, he said, he thought when he was, he was around the same age, and he, he said, I oh, thought Paul, Paul Ramsey was going to be a professional world champion. Mm. He was like an American. Like, Paul Ramsey was knocking people out yeah, yeah. in the junior ABAs, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He was talented. And I, you know, I was very much kind of looked up to Paul, took me under his wing, and that even when, when I started going out of town, at night comes and I'd go with, go out with Paul and that. And uh, but he, um, he, he was a talented fighter. Like I say, when he, so when he, would lost a few. He turned pro and was managed. My Mark were managed by Brendan Ingle, but they never moved up to Sheffield. They were just managed by them. Yeah. So they started taking short notice jobs abroad, lost a few, then basically thought, you know what, well, let's a to live in that, earn a few quid, yeah. and we're boxing with nobody. And but they still had that. See, Pete, Pete, the thing is with Peter, he never got beat up because he knew what his role was. Mm. So he didn't have, if he thought he could, this is more. Real yeah, than yeah, I anyway. know what you mean. Yeah, I mean if he thought he fancied it, if he thought oh this kid ain't that good, I can get a win here. Yeah, you go for it. If he didn't, he was up against, he it, yeah, up against yeah. it. He just took up, hold, yeah. spoil, get through the round, but wouldn't get beaten up. Where Paul and Mark still, had, you know, ABA champions were used to winning, still mm. had that probably bit more pride, and they stood there having fights when they were outmatched, yeah, outweighed yeah. outgunned. I took a lot of stick reading. yeah. They did, mate?
3: yeah, yeah. They did towards the end of it, yeah. You know, especially
0: in the end, the reflexes slowed down, yeah, now. yeah. Howard Clark, too. Howard
3: Clark, yeah, right good fighter as well at one time, yeah. But he, I mean, he didn't end up in the best shape in the end, as well. Oh. Do you know what I mean? That's what I mean. Like, I had my um brain scan and all that, all that the week before my last fight. After I had 295, I was packing in, you see. He said, because Nobby was knocking on the head. And I was packing in. And then I went to a show up in Scotland. Tony Anna was fighting for a master's title. And I was on the top table with Tommy Gilmore and him. And Tommy's gone to me. he packed two in there, Pete? I went, Yeah, I've knocked you on the head. He went, Why well, don't you have ten more fights? And I went, Or oh, eight more fights, I think it was. And I went, Why? Well, he went, I 300 fights. So I went, Nobby didn't know. I went somewhere. I'm going to have eight. I was pissed. And I went, I'm having eight more fights. And he went, No, nah, you don't need to have that. I so I'm having eight more fights. He said, Look, all your faculty. I said, No, nah, I'm having eight. And my last eight fights, i am done with Errol Johnson. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I knew Errol then. Errol used to be in quite a bit. So, I had, I think, eight fights in about eight weeks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my 299 fight was Lee Salber. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But, uh, like I said, all my brains got that. They all come back clear. I thought, have this last fight. Easy fight. Anyway, do you know what I mean? The kids were nothing. So, that's that was a good note to end on. And that's the legislator as well. just stuck the road.
0: And you know what? It's a milestone in it. I know, ladies, that you made Christian A. With 300 fights, that is a
2: milestone. And a it's ne- nearly 1,700 rounds. I think it's like 1,683 rounds, I looked on your record. Well, well you, like you know yeah. better than me, it's really but like it's, anyway, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's the best part of 2,000. And that that is a lot. And you wouldn't know, you know, to walk in here and, and see, see you now, you we wouldn't know. We've on your
3: exhibitions as well. <laughs> you know I mean? Earlier on, we used to have exhibitions on shows. Like that. <laughs> well, I
0: suppose you never had to spar, did you? <laughs> no, no, not really no.
3: Not really that much now. Look, so I used to go to the gym, say, three times a week. But if I didn't go to the gym, I'd be running every day. So I didn't really need to do sparring and all that. I mean, sparring was just wearing hair on your body. I didn't need that.
0: Yeah, you were fighting every week. That's Marry what I mean. nice, Didn't right, need yeah?
3: it. Didn't need it one bit. You know. I think they need to get a voice in the gym, side it all for the ring. Hey,
0: hey, ki- hey, kids. Hey, everybody, sitting here with a famous Slovenian philosopher. How are you doing, sir? I am uh, in health, thank you. Are you uh, excited about something? I am excited about this latest uh, CIA-funded venture. A CIA venture? yes. It's called The Desire and Capital Podcast. Oh, what is it about? I refuse your fascist question. Well, there you have it. Listen to The Desire and Capital Podcast. Coming soon to a bourgeois
2: platform near you. On your marks, get set, go.
1: This is so
2: crazy. I was talking to Louis Van Pooch at your call recently, who Mm. is prolific. In the away yeah, corner. Yeah. He equaled the record last year. He had thirty three fights and, and he was telling me that it's about being sensible with the opposition that you choose to go in and go in against. He was saying how he quite fancied a, a crack at Joshua Buatzi when Buazzi had just <laughs> turned over. Ooh. And his and his and his guy Richard Farnan said to him, No, no, I think we'll yeah. I think we'll leave him, thanks. But having said that, as you said, you did get in with Nassim, went the distance the first time, he stopped you the second time. You went in with Asselino Freitas. I mean and that was scheduled for eight rounds as well. I mean, are there any that you look back on and you think, what was I well, the thinking? the
3: Frater's fight, right? I took that short notice, right? And I've gone down to Liverpool and uh, Gary Fordell who had boxed twice, I think, he was a British champion, he happened to say to me, he went, You boxing that Brazilian you yeah? And I went, Yeah. He said he's a big lad and I went, Yeah I didn't I hadn't even saw him. He got in the ring, I really genuinely thought the wrong would come to the ring, he was that big. I I went to Noble Fuck off his he went, yeah, and then the Red his record, 18 fights, 18 wins, 18 knockouts. I thought, oh man, you've took me up here. <laughs> yeah. So the first shot he hit me was a body shot, the first round he put me over. And i have done three, I think, after the third round, i was going to pull you out. And I was like, oh, he was just too big and strong for me, you know what I mean? And I think he won the world title. in his next fight, the fight in about 89 seconds, so no disgrace. It, he, was he was he,
0: massive, phrase I swear he got in the ring, I was
3: like, what the fuck?
0: He was like, he? like, I bet he put like 20 pounds on Easy, the yeah, way into yeah. the fight. And he, he was a monster. Yeah, yeah. and he was a ferocious
3: bandwagon. He hit me, he nearly threw me across, even <laughs> with a body <laughs> shot, do you know what I mean? oh, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> and the money weren't that good, I do know if yeah. you know what I mean. But, uh, yeah, all experience, but
2: Generally, how how does it work, or how did it work? Is it true that the, the later you take a fight, the more you I would know. generally get paid? Yeah,
3: definitely, yeah, yeah. People who say you don't, they're getting ripped off. But, um, yeah, you can, you can barter them up, you can... Yeah, right, extra few quid out of them, Jamie. You know I mean? Especially if you look, say they're fighting. say I'm just doing a little six twos up Dudley, right? Probably what, get a grand, right? I'll get two grand for that. So I can bang a grand because you're holding that kid sold a hundred tickets. They've come to see him fight, he's got no one to fight there because the kids failed the medical or something. So what does he do? Give him all the ticket money back? No. So that kid will fight, he might fight for nothing. I'll probably have his purse, but. I ain't bothering about that. I'm a, I'm you're have a you're here, bailing up. them out, aren't yeah, you? You're exactly. doing them favor, so yeah. the favour, so the show must go on type yeah, thing. It, yeah.
0: You know, the later it goes, the more desperate they yeah. are. That you know, because who can they get in and around that weight that'll take it in the area? The in way, the actually. area that can make you know what I mean. Mm. The, the, you're literally coming down to like it's you or no one. Yeah. So you, then you know you can pretty much name your price. Of course, you can can yeah, yeah, of course
3: can. Yeah, yeah. Course can. Yeah. You don't. You don't take the piece, take the piece, you know what I mean? Because like, you, you want them to use you again. That's why I always got used. I never took the piece. But if it's a light, light, though. I mean, I've had loads of light nights. It's, it's like, sometimes they'll phone me up. Like, fighting fight in London tonight. How much? Oh, get me an extra 500 quid. Yeah, OK. We'll get you that, do you know what I mean? And like, I know who I was fighting. I know it were not going to be an hard fight. He might be IBA ABA champion, but I saw him fight. And I know he's in a banger. So I know it's just going to be a move right for me, really. Do you know what I mean? <laughs>
2: Well, I guess that's what it's about, isn't it? You try and you try and evaluate their punch power. And by the sound of it, though, you wouldn't necessarily do that yourself. You might leave that to Nobby to basically decide who was and who wasn't a, a suitable opponent well, for you. And by the sound of it, he didn't get it wrong often, apart from that. Phrase no, that's but I,
3: t- I tell you, see, so I used to get the boxing news every week religiously, and I used to follow fighters. And Nobby used to actually phone me up and say to me, so I used to research. I, used to, I was a boxing buff; I still am. Do you know what I mean? And uh, he used to say to me, so sounds so like for?" Brian Coleman or what so and I'd say to him well he's a big punch out bro uh, it's like um, Steve Murray I boxed Steve Murray he was a lightweight big lightweight and I remember going down there to box him and I fancied it I saw him fight I, I thought he was predictable and, and I remember um, Glenn McCrory uh, said to me oh you want to watch yourself though so I'll be alright he's going he's a banger fight was easy couldn't get near me do you know what I mean well I just turn him up talk to him easy fight he was, he was more hype than you know what I mean, he okay, stopped a few people, he'd stopped Cole Taylor for more gym, but Cole didn't fancy it that night, where I was okay, I was fit as well, I ate when I was fit fit, I fancied it a bit more as well, do you know what I mean, when I was fighting fit, so, yeah. I,
0: I remember when Peter Bucks, Terry Fletcher, and he was like, so obviously he knew how to hold, he knew how to get out of the way, all that kind of thing, but he was cute enough as well, every now and then he'd throw a big swing at fresh air, <laughs> but, it Was kind of bluffing Terry out of it, you know what, <laughs> what I mean? Because by throwing that mad erratic yeah. swing, it made Terry makes think oh, yeah, I better right. not just walk, you know, yeah, know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Makes them think, it yeah. slows it down yeah. and keep, you know what I mean? Keep. And I remember, I remember shouting Terry's bluffing you out of it. Terry, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll tell you a funny story, actually, <laughs> well, really quick one. So, obviously, I think you were Terry's second or third fighter. Yeah, and a good mate, I'm in Terry, yeah. and he, you know, we turned pro with Frank because we come through the amateurs together yeah, yeah. and, um. Norman Darley Stormy Norman oh, another yeah, yeah, from yeah. around here <laughs> Not John. and he was yeah he, he was with um, he, he was bu- Buxy Nubby as well another journeyman now he Terry made his debut against Norman Norman Darley Stormy Norman Stormy Norman and uh, anyway he's from here and there's, there's another lad from any here uh, Dean Gorman who, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. who he would have been mates with as well and, and uh, you know, I was friends with Dean and Dean says to me oh I've seen uh, Norman the other day he says oh fucking out, Dean you know I was I've done my head in the other day, you know. <laughs> was there. I in. I could hear him shout. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. You. Yeah. You yeah, Kunchka,
3: yeah, yeah. Of yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, You can hear Yeah, of course, Yeah.
2: So, was, was there anyone in particular who. Uh there might be a number of them actually who you, you got into the ring with and they maybe he just had a little bit too much confidence about them, too much of a strut about them. And they left the they left the ring, their brain absolutely scrambled by the experience of fighting Peter Buckley. Well,
3: I boxed a kid called Matt Brown, he fought for the British Total Fight uh, twice, right? But I boxed him and actually stopped him in the first round, right? Down the elephant castle, I think he was. What well, happened? Um, we both weighed in that and he was really really kid cock- being really cocky. I told him to fuck off, do you know what I mean? So um we was like floating, next thing. They said we're on. So I've stopped him in the first round and after he's gone, I weren't warmed up, I said no one was fucking all, do you know what I mean? And he, he was like, give it I went, oh, fuck off you prick, do you know what I mean? And that's the only game, so I generally like ever had a, a fallout with after the boxing, if you know because I mean? everyone else in ever box. Believe it or not, I've always gone on with him after I like shook around but no you know, no amorcity or nothing like that. You know, to me it was just a, a job, you know.
0: Well, look, one, uh, what was that one Nubby said the once when um I think the, you said, oh, no, I, need, I need to warm up because it's got Then stand over there on the radiator. radiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was like that one when Riddick it the the uh, bloke on the finger coming in the ring and the finger, the parachute. No, said that was Peter taking a look for it like that. No, he's <laughs> 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 I was like fucking <laughs> saving
0: saving the day again yeah, or yeah, ruining it.
2: Yeah. B- <laughs> I think it's fair to say as well that in in the UK we have the best. Road Warriors, the best away corner yeah, yeah. I think the border Control here take a sensible view of it too. They understand. They understand the, the function. They understand how important it is. Did you ever get called up to discuss your licence? Uh, I never got this...
3: The, all all they said to me was, after you have 300, you knock you on the head. And I said, yeah. They said, you're not going to turn up the week after a <laughs> I said, no, no. I said, that's it. I said, 300. I said, that's me, done. And like, that was, they, you know, they used to speak to me at the shows that So I remember once... um Charlie Jones and that. I boxed um, a kid in Belfast. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, good kid. Stephen Henry or like that. Good kid. Went the district with a piece, after that. And they've gone, he looks all right. It's not a bit. I said, yeah, yeah. They said, well, someone said, you oh, look like you might be slowing down a bit. I said, i probably been on the piss, not like, for but that's right. Because, like, sometimes I'd be out and they'd phone me. And I'd, 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 yeah, I'd be out in the night. I was a young lad. Like, you know, I, mean, I used to go out and have a drink of that. And then like, like, I'd fight. I mean, I lived in Arizona once. I was in Belfast. And he said to me Pete I've got this kid he's green as grass will you fight him next week uh, he sells a lot of tickets just have a move mate, and I'll give you an extra bung I've gone all right. so I went out on the sat. it was a Sunday show i never forget I went out on the Saturday got fucking pissed up didn't all right. next morning Andy Myers ringing my phone I more or less forgotten I was fighting in advance so he's gone Pete I'll be picking I went what I was all fucking cut man I will pass the doctor I don't know but I was not, had a few coffees and that <laughs> Had a move about with his kid, but I've hit him with a left hook and his legs are gone. And Oliver's like, Peter, Peter, I was <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, so I that. I move yeah, the same boxing in bed, but you can have a move about And all classic it as a, a spar for my knee, basically, you know what I
1: mean? So, yeah. Hey, everybody, this is Moto G Pete from the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast. Join us every week while we rate, review, ride, philosophize, and generally obsess over every single motorcycle make, model, and
3: style that could possibly exist, plus news and racing. That's the Nokomoto Motorcycle
2: Podcast from Moto One Podcast Network Studios. I sometimes when I cover cards, in Europe, I covered sound cards for quite a while. It, it is obvious that they don't pay the same attention over there because you do have fighters who just take blatant dives. So oh, I, I know, saw, yeah. I saw a lad. Alexander Kuvach and this is a, a while ago now his name just stuck with me because I looked at his record and he had 26 defeats 25 by way of stoppage and I just thought you just would never get licensed nah, here nah. and I just thought that he must be taking some hammer this boy but he wasn't because he'd have a look in the first round and then in the second round as soon as he was put under the mildest pressure the just dived on the floor and we saw it we saw it at York Hall recently Charlie <laughs> Francombe Charlie Frankham? Frankham. I
3: mean that was terrible, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> didn't even the he? worst, he worst he? I've ever seen it, that it was I watched it. I was like I mean did he get paid or what I mean, he, is, shouldn't he, should got he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have got because That's piece take I, think.
2: I don't think he did. Robert Smith, the, the secretary of the Border Control, I saw him taking immediate but interest. But why not bring
3: him with a good English journeyman instead of bringing these foreigners over? It's just are they cheaper?
2: Know. Is that the reason? Of course,
3: they're cheaper. Yeah, you know the agents there, the flymen, they give them what, what 500 quid? I don't know. I don't know what they give them. Really, I think there's a shortage now of journeymen. Probably, no, probably what yeah, they're, what, they're, what they used to know, be. Yeah, had a proper. Company. Like you say yeah, Four the 90s. Yeah, but
0: I don't think there's used to be now. As many.
3: Like say there's that. Poochie now, there's Kevin McCaw Um pff, I can't really think of any of that. William Warburton's William always Warburton. been one that I've good always kid. been keen on, good, good fighter. Kid, but he don't fight as much as he used to now, does he? Because he gets a few wins here and there, because he ain't that bad. I mean, he beat Joseph, Jason Wellborn before, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, On a show about two years ago, he, you know, he's a bad kid, he gets
2: the decision there and again. Well, he's interesting, Warburton, I think, because I'd say that the... The away corner fighters, the journeymen who, who achieve longevity, they're all at least area-level fighters, I, yeah, I would yeah. say, at least. Yeah. Craig, Craig Derbyshire won an English title a few weeks ago, for example. Yeah. Um, I'd say they're at least at that level in Warburton. I remember having quite an entertaining argument with, a, with an MMA-supporting friend of mine before the Mayweather-McGregor fight, and he, was, he was totally lost his mind, like most of them had, and said that McGregor could knock Mayweather out. And I so, said, listen... Yeah. I said, listen, if he wanted a proper fight where he's going to learn how to box, he should box William Warburton. No, yeah, yeah. my, my friend would have no idea who William Warburton yeah, was. Yeah. But then he'd, he'd, he'd Google him and he'd lose his mind even more because he'd see the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. I said to him, but trust me, Will, this guy would beat Conor McGregor yeah. every day of the yeah. week. And, I, and I, I'll stick by it. Yeah. I'll stick by it. Mm. The ability level is... Yeah, what would you say? I mean, if, if, if the likes of yourself and others... Had, had, hadn't had had to sell tickets and you'd had a big promotion and had big backing, what do you think you could have done?
3: I think I could have fought for a British title. Like I say, I, uh, I got a draw with Alan McKay who'd stopped, uh, I fucked his uh, Commonwealth title. He'd stopped Colin Midland on a cut toy and he was going to get a rematch for the Commonwealth title. I went down in London, the Albert Hall boxed him, we got a draw, I beat him, but they give it a draw. I won two Midland titles at two different weights, Super fant- uh, Phantom, super, super Feather, but Super Phantom was my weight. So, I reckon I could have, I'm not saying i but I fought Michael Brody, who went on to fight for the World title. Had two good fights for him. Uh, but there was a fighter who no one ever remit Craig Dermondy from Manchester. I don't know if you ever remember him.
0: No, I don't, to, don't, can't remember him, no. He was a
3: really good fighter. He had. Uh, well, he boxed me. He, if you watched him in black and white, he looked like something from the 60s. Brilliant sort He used to box for um, out of Collier's. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good kid. ABA champion, I think he was. So What's his, his name again? Craig McDermondy. Craig Dermondy.
0: Someone mentioned him recently. Tell uh, you now,
3: the kid was brilliant, right? I boxed him now. Weren't a big, massive puncher, but the angles he could hit you at. And what happened? He boxed Cole Tyler. He beat Cole Tyler once before. And there was a new referee, and Cole Tyler boxed him again. And Nobby, basically, blagged the referee for all the... Way. Oh, good shot, call, Oh, no, Right? And at the end, the ref was like, Nobby's going, come on, you know. Green ref, nifty Cole Tyler. keep to you, never boxed again. And it was, he was a brilliant kid, I swear to God. One of the best kids I ever boxed. And that's... Not for punch power, but angles, speed, moves. Fucking brilliant. So, there, Manchester, you're asking about him. down no, no, there, fucking seconds. And I'm, on, man. Yeah, he yeah. mm-hmm.
2: One thing I was asking um, Louis van Pooch Pucci about last week as well was, was any kind of unfulfilled ambitions in terms of, you know, the, the path he's on now. And he said that one thing he would love to do is go and fight abroad, but he can't fight in America, for example, because the commissions over there would never license no. you. They would just yeah. look at the record. They wouldn't look any deeper than that. But are the things in boxing that, you know, you would have loved to have done a bit more travelling possibly? Would that have been one well, of them?
3: I boxed in Europe. I boxed in Germany. I boxed in uh, Austria. I boxed for a WBA intercontinental so for in Austria. I've done 12 rounds. Looks like um, I had a boxing unbeaten kid over there, Harold Gear, P- Put him on his arse. They think the no- ninth round had him out. Referee, Buckley wiped his ass, Well, the like, He beat me on points, but... If it would have been over here, I would reckon I could have beat him easy, yeah. And he fought for the world total next. And he got knocked out the quickest. He got knocked out in the foot, quickest to ever knockout. He got um I can't think who he like he boxed Mexico for the WBO super Bands, right? So he got knocked out in the first round in about 20 seconds. I have got knocked out in 20 seconds, I'll tell you now. Do you know what I mean? But uh looks out like of fought, um guess he's called Ruben Condori. he was fought for the uh, flyweight, so he was an Argentinian, I boxed him, he had a hundred odd fights when I boxed him, I had about thirty. Done eight rounds or ten rounds with him in Germany. Um, Johnny Bredler boxed in um, Denmark. He was an Olympian. Went on to win world titles. So I boxed some good, but not easy fight really, do you know what I mean? That's when I was trying as well then.
0: I mean, so really, all in all, Peter, you, you had a great time with the boxing. You, oh, I loved you've it, been yeah. been
3: everywhere. Been everywhere. Met some great mates for life, do you know what I mean? And I, w- I wouldn't change it really. I wouldn't change it. Because if I would have fought for a British title, say, in my thirty fight, I wouldn't have gone into it for because you, you wouldn't have done that. You know what I, mean? I would have probably had a few more fights, knocked you on the head. I, I enjoyed what done. You know, i Yeah, done. I met a lot of people, went all around Europe, all around England, met loads of people who i met for life, mates for life. I love it, yeah.
0: And, and even now, you still very much follow the boxing. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love the boxing, love yeah, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it, yeah.
2: Mm. In terms of dealing with kind of managers and promoters and, and, and all the rest of it, was it always easy? Was it always easy getting paid? Was it always easy yeah, receiving not, I, what you you were due?
3: I never got Welsh, on never, never. I always got paid. They told time they was paying me, ex- ex- they paid me. Every time I was never, then was never paid. But <laughs> 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 now, nah. <been> uh, <laughs> you know what? I never ever got Welsh, I never I always got paid. Well, I got well. I was said I was going to be paid. I Always got paid. Yeah.
2: Well, John Pegg's just turned up because I left my, my mate John laptop in uh, yeah. in his gym earlier on, which was clever of me. Uh, but when you look at the, the kind of scene now, we, we just talked about the fact that there aren't possibly that many lads coming through now who really want to take that route and, and yeah. earn a living because you can earn a good living doing it as well. Can you? What, why do you think that is?
3: Everyone wants to be a champion, don't they? The, some people are suppose It's hard to be a German. It's hard to be a German, I don't think, to be a champion because like, you're doing it weekly. Yeah, I was very fair, but like, it's hard to every week every week, I mean, I to see John Rand Christian like every week it's a hard you've got to be hard, you've got to be mentally uh strong as well. It's hard, you know, get a decision against you every week. When you when you do pull that win out and you don't get it, that's when it's more decided, When you go there you know you're gonna have a move about. You know you know, you are getting paid in the night But when you have a troy now and again you don't get this that's when it pisses you off, Jack you know I man but it is what it is. Do
0: you know, I wonder, Peter, and I, I, I haven't thought this freely. So, obviously, with, with, with Frankie earlier, and we've spoken with Carl Fratch a couple of weeks ago, and he used to talk about the nerves before, So everyone gets nerves, I've got nerves. Uh, some more than others. But I always thought, I wonder if I was a journeyman, and I weren't that bothered. Obviously, I'm not bothered if I win or I lose, as long as I don't get... Would I be nervous? And I'm, I, I'm sure you'd still get some nerves, would you? I,
3: I would, yeah, I would. I'll be wrong, so I were not get that. I did get a little bit nervous, but it was depending on what I was fighting. If I was fighting some kid who was like, six and oh all by points, not really. When you're fighting a lesser year it's 18 and 0, like 18 knockout. Then you're getting a bit win. I didn't even know he had that sort of bench in the ring. I was like, fuck okay, now. But <laughs> when you're fighting a big punchy, it makes you a little bit more sharper and a little bit nervous. Because if you're nervous, then that's where you can get caught. I've gone in the ring once when the box... I boxed John Kays when he, I think he'd done about two fights, and uh, I thought this could be an easy fight. Here, yeah? walked out, and he cracked me with a real good right hand. I weren't nervous one bit, and he fucking woke me up. Do you know what I mean? And from then, I thought mm, a little bit. So yeah, you do get a little. You gotta have a little bit nervous. Keep you sharp. Do you know what I
2: mean? Were you nervous fighting Nassim? because I think everybody? I think he'd stopped everybody before he. I before he boxed ne- you. I
3: weren't really nervous because I knew Nas before. He used to come with. Ran the shows when I was first turned pro, and he was a cheeky little fucker. But and I knew him, so I weren't really that because he didn't flip over the top rope with me and all that. I, I didn't even get in the ring until he got in the ring. I sat with my back to him outside the ring, just having a drink of water. He's come to the ring doing all his bollocks, and then he just stepped in the ring. He didn't flip over. He didn't flip over. So I, I was a little bit nervous with his punch because I knew he was a big punch, but he didn't. He didn't hurt me once. Didn't hurt me, never. Even the second fight when they stopped it. If you watch the fight, I fought. The referee warned me for an elbow because I threw a punch. And then he's gone like that. And I'm like, fuck, you watching I'm like, fuck, you, watching I'm like, the fuck. I even like, said that shouldn't have been fucking stopped. He <laughs> went, I would have beat you anyway, mate. I went, yeah, but you wouldn't have fucking stopped me. You wouldn't have me. You never had me on my arse, do you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I
2: remember seeing you cornering uh, Sid Razak. It was back in uh, 2012, April 2012. And the reason I remember it is because it was the first main event I covered for Sky. It was Anthony Crawler, Derry Matthews. And Sid wasn't supposed to be on the bill. Uh, And I got there early. I was quite nervous because it was a big night for me. And I saw Sid kind of wandering through the car park. And he wasn't going to get TV anyway. But I started to panic a bit. So I just thought, why is Sid Razak here? He's not on the bill. And then he explained that he got a call about three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. He was at a wedding reception. Probably a call from you who had a call from somebody else. And then all of a sudden, there you are. And I was sitting really near the corner. And I just remember before the start of the fourth round, uh, as Sid got up, you just slapped him on the ass as he was going out back into the middle of the ring and just said, right, three more minutes, Sid, and we can piss off home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just, I just started laughing because I just thought, at three o'clock, both of these two would do whatever they were doing. Yeah. At nine o'clock, they'll both be home again, doing whatever it is that they would have been doing. Cool. In the interim period, they just got in the car, come up to all of them, had a fight, gone home. It's just, a, it's just a crazy way to make a living.
3: It's just a way of life, though, in your journey, man. Like John, I tell you, the phone rings... Journeymen don't say no to a fight. If you're a decent you're not Christian like Kevin McCord and myself, you don't say no to a fight. It's because it's just in you. Know, you, just, you just want to fight every week. The more you fight, the more you earn. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah,
0: and, yeah. and at that stage as well, especially after a few, you, you, you're confident in your own ability to get through. Yeah, yeah, hurt, right, yeah, you? yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. You can, look, you can see the shots going right. You look, you so say, you know, in the first round I could gauge your kid. First thirty seconds if he's good or you know, even though be an IBA champion or blah, blah, blah but you'd know if there was you know hard know or the first one boxed David Burke, big massive, big kid Davey Burke. Boxing first one, easy fight. it, six on a box, but he put me on my ass twice in the first round, I was thinking, fuck you know, I've got another fucking seven rounds of this. But i got through it then, do you know what I mean? But just he so towards you that does it if you give in you wouldn't get no work.
2: Do you think as a role it's something that gets more It's earned more recognition recently because Mark Turley, uh, an author from Down London Way, wrote uh, a book about... Yeah, The Journeyman book. And it's a good read. It's a good read. And I think it's people in boxing, they know. But Mm. I think people outside boxing don't because I remember when your 300th fight was coming up. I was working at TalkSport at the time and there's a bit about it in the press. And I think one of the programmes in the afternoon at one point... We're doing this kind of feature on is, is Peter Buckley Britain's worst professional sportsman. Yeah, and I was trying to explain to them. But it does take some explaining. It does, yeah. Because in other sports, it, they just angry, don't get you it. Don't know,
3: you don't know. It's like... When I read that, I was like... I'll be, you know, I thought I was taking the piss. Because, like, you don't have... It's like Christian, a, you don't get to 300 fights if you don't know how to fight. Because, like, it's hard enough to get to 30 fights. Never mind 300. Do you know what I mean? So, you've got to have something about it. You, know, you know, it's you got to know all yeah, these little a, tricks, a, yeah.
0: Not, not just the tricks in surviving, but how many of them could you have won, or did, I mean, should yeah. you have won, yeah, or yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? There was, there was plenty of plenty, out of the yeah. 300. There was yeah. plenty.
3: Look, say, so I've got up Scotland lost by half a point with a knob one. And like, it does this start, yeah? But like, like you say, what do you do? Pack in. No, you don't let them beat you. That's the way I looked at it anyway. They will not taking money out of my pocket.
2: How often, though, would you be in a situation where you looked at your opponent and you thought, I could probably win this fight if, if I really put it on him, but I've kind of agreed that I'm not going to do that. And so you would never take a dive, for example, no, I'm not no, ever no, saying no. that, but were the situations where you'd look at him and you'd say, mm, he's not that great. I could probably beat him, but...
3: Yeah, you, you can. You know, I have done sometimes and put it on him, and that's still haven't got the decision, and you're thinking, fuck it, what do I do then? But there's other times where you've like had an arrangement with air trainer, you're going to have a move about... you. Know, Basically, a paid spa, that's why I used to class the house, you know what I mean? And like, we've all done them, you know, all journeymen have done them. every single journeyman, they'll be lying at the centre, every journeyman's agreed with the trainer, yeah, we'll have a move back, it's like, the kid don't know who you're fighting, he don't know you're having a move back, his trainer ain't told him, because I don't know why, but his trainer to said to you, look, we're getting an extra few quid here, you're not going to take the decision, and even like, sometimes, if it ain't even that, and you get in there and you fancy it, and you don't get, it like pisses you off, you know what I mean, but it's
2: life.
1: New guests every week, compelling interviews that you want to hear. Check us out wherever you get podcasts. One Star Recruits.
0: I mean, just listen. I I, I never knew of basically a trainer taking a fighter taking a fight, knowing he weren't going to try and win. But I suppose it makes sense. I, like, I, I believe it that that's yeah. happened. Definitely, I, I definitely believe it. But I suppose from the trainer's point of view, he's got the kids. He probably thinks, look, I can't at this short notice get him a fight that's suitable. You're here. Yeah. Listen, I don't think he's ready for you, but I don't need to get I don't I don't want to get my prospect beaten and I want yeah. him to fight, he's trained hard. Yeah, you know course, I mean? yeah and he, he know. doesn't know
3: that it's not You know, The kids out there look he, he you know, he thinks you're trying your best, so that's no, never the kids who you fight. They they never know. Never know.
2: You must have as good a an ability to predict who's going to go on and do something and who isn't than and anybody else, pretty much. I mean, how accurate have you been down the years? Has there been anyone who you've thought, this kid is nailed on, he's going to make it, and then he didn't, or, or the other way around?
3: Look, say I was about uh, Craig Dermody. I thought he was going to make it, because I swear, he had every move in the book. But then as so that one loss... See, one loss can kill some people. It's like, oh, the, everyone's obsessed with the O, ain't they? Do you know what I mean? But um, when I box Paul Ingle. I thought he's going places him, I mean I thought he was a good kid. Poor Lloyd, good another good kid. But um it's so when I watch when I first started watching Josh Warrior, so I watched him up um right up north during way before, I think he was like second third fight. And I remember saying to Sid, this kid's good. He's good he didn't stop the kids because don't forget he was them all on points. But he was work right at that. He was really good, I thought he was good at his, his kid. Yeah. And it wasn't a big shock to me when he beat Frampton, so I thought he'd worked right at that, you know.
2: And Sometimes as well, I guess you would, well, not sometimes, often you'd be in with a big ticket seller. Uh, there might be the kind of arrangement that you just outlined and they're getting a lot of support, a lot of attention, people wearing the T-shirts and all the rest of it. And, and you maybe get the sense that, listen, he's just, not, he's just not that good. And unfortunately for this lad, this is all going to come crashing down round his ears soon enough.
3: Loads of times, loads of times. The thing, the better than what they are. And I'm thinking, mate you've got the T-shirt. you look the part, all you find, you ain't going nowhere. You, as soon as you find someone proper, it's, it's going to come crashing down because they think, they think they're really that good. They think they're going to go on to win world well titles that and they're, they're lucky to they win an area title, some kids, yeah.
0: Ju- Not putting you on the spot, but who jumps out in recent times like that? Or, or either or any time?
3: Um, God, top of my head. I can't figure the top of my head, but uh looks like... I boxed kids from over the year, got look like, like, um what was his down there? Oh, I, I remember there was a boxed the kid down and I can't think he was down Chalsommy. Sold hundreds of tickets. The kid thought he was going to be a world champion. And I think I'll tell you who knocked him out, uh top four, Ross Minter. I can't think he was down there. Chas Chelsamy. Chas Simmons. Chas Simmons. Chas Simmons. Simmons. He thought he was gonna be a world champion. I remember him saying, oh, I'm gonna win this. I'm thinking, mate, you fucking crap, you know what I mean? But uh, he was a nice kid, you know what I mean? He weren't crap, crap, but I mean like, he weren't if all his expectations were bigger than what there was, what I mean. But you, you see that with some novice kids and they've had a few fights and all the fans are thinking and you think, mate, I've had a move right of you tonight and you think you think I've boxed my best. I've I've been in the pub last night. I've come here today and know. this kid's just about beat me, you know. He ain't going nowhere. No those times.
2: I mean there must have been quite a few unusual things that happened to you down the years in, in terms of Late notice calls or just just things involving boxing generally, it's a, it's a pretty unusual sport at times. to any spring to mind, any in particular?
3: Well, look, I remember once I was, they um, phoned me up about four o'clock to box uh, Alex Moon, he was Commonwealth champion, down in Nottingham. So I'm driving there, this fucking shitty car at the time, he broke down. So I'm trying to fuck about this car. i burnt all my arm here underneath, right? So I phoned my brother up, my brother come borrowed me his car, I drove to uh, the Nottingham there. The doctor's going, gone, hey, are you to your outside, bounce under the fucking thing? He's going, you're always boxing? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I boxed him, lost on points for him, got well paid, come home, do you know what I mean? But right, just, right, just breaking down in the middle of a fucking road, do you know what I mean? Just right, under a car at four o'clock, and then I had to get to nothing, go, bone on my arm, but still four, a few quid, come home, got a new car, next day then. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs>
2: so what, what was the day job when you were boxing?
3: I used to do a few things, I used to... Paint and decorate, my mate, and that I used to. A bit of library, with my brother. He's, he's, my brother's a builder, you see. Do you know, what i mean? done carpet. I've done a bit of everything. Mate. You know what I mean? I'll do anything. I will to do anything quick. Yeah. <laughs> when
2: it when when it comes to when when you look at the the, the current British boxing scene, I mean, you you hung your gloves up a while ago now, but do you still kind of look at it from the point of view of I'd fancy one with him. Mm, maybe not him. Yeah, definitely him. Is that is that how you watch? Yeah, I'd
3: think like, I'd like I watched Warrington. I thought. I would have to have boxed him when I was his weight because I know he beat me, obviously, but I would have liked just to see, you know what I mean, because he's punch accumulated. He reminds me a bit of Paul Ingle without the punch at the time. Paul Ingle had brilliant work, right, do you know what I mean? But, looks like, there's a few I would have, I would lock to have boxed Frampton, people like when I was superman, just to, just to see, do you know what I mean, when there was up and coming. Not obviously when there was world champions, but up and coming, yeah, definitely.
2: Anybody you looked at and just thought, no, not for me?
3: Er... Uh, Boats. <laughs> oh, no, but um, no, not, that, not the featherweights and that. No, 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 I was for all of them, uh, given the chance. On the when there was upcoming year, when I was that age. Yeah.
2: One thing that people were talking about a while ago as being a realistic prospect when when prizefighter was in operation, and and it's, and it's back in Ultimate Boxer. It's the same. It's yeah. the same format. Was people were, were asking for a, a journeyman prizefighter.
3: I don't know. More it might have worked might not have, But um. I think they would have all been trying. It would have been nice to say, because obviously they would have said, well, I'm the best journeyman. But, like, I don't know how it would have worked there. Would people have come to watch it? I don't know. I don't think they would, myself. I think you'd only have a few. I don't think television would be involved with it and that. So they'd look at it was like, oh, what's, it, what's the winner going to do for me? Where other prize fighters have gone on to win. Look, Sam Higgins that, because on been British titles and things like that, it's like a platform for them I don't think it would be really a platform for a journeyman because the week after they'd be voting back down so say for six threes or whatever you know what I mean, I don't think it would really mean nothing really.
2: I think that's exactly why it, it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. You might have one
3: week after that What, six people instead of four?
2: <laughs> but when you look at British boxing now, and Birmingham boxing maybe more specifically, how how much is it how much has it changed in the time that you've been, been involved in it?
3: Um, well, look, say so we've got a world champion, haven't we, in Cal Yafai, and that's great for Birmingham, you yeah, know, to have a world champion. I think Saber come back. I think, I don't think they've got the Yafai uh, the brothers. They're coming up, in there, And you've got the younger one, on it. I think he's only about 17, 18. I think he would be interested to see in a few years, do you know what I mean? So I think it's looking good for Birmingham, yeah.
2: And in terms of the British scene, people have been talking for a while now about a big kind of boxing Boom in in, in Britain and, and I do I do believe that I do buy I into we got, that. I
3: think we've got the best boxers in the world at the moment. I mean, look, you got your Boatsy's. I mean, him. I love watching him. He's just classy, isn't he? I mean, he's he's just an artist when he boxes him. Mean, I just I love watching him. You know what I mean? He's just great. He, he's the best prospect in the world. Brilliant, through. brilliant. Definitely. You know, he he's like a seasoned pro. Isn't he? He's like he's like one of the young from takes back in the 80s You yeah, know what I mean? Nothing time. rushed with him. Nothing. Yeah, you know, the same things. Just, he's just brilliant to watch. I love watching. Him. Look, but we've got loads of British fighters. I mean, you know, from featherweight, from flyweight to heavyweight, we just we've got someone in every weight that can win or challenge for world titles, or we've got world titles. So I think he's brilliant. The British boxing.
2: Were you tempted to? I know you cornered uh, fighters on the road for a while, but were you ever tempted to to, to train fighters seriously?
3: Um, I would have been, but what well, it was whether well, I trained in that and. I opened a bit of an amateur gym with someone down uh, Spark Hill and I was into it then where it was my mum was quite old and she was a bit ill than that so I had to take time out from boxing do you know what I mean and it took me a few I, I took a few years out and then my mum passed away and that so I found it hard to get back into it then so I just started working and i don't know, I've got grandkids I like to spend time with you. You know, John, he, John's in the gym all the time you know what I mean I just think I just like do what I do now I get to work come home see my grandkids and that and that suits me you know.
2: in terms of replacing it though how do you was that difficult because people talk to uh, people talk about replacing the adrenaline of, of the big nights the kind of nights that, that, that Matt had and how hard it is to do that but um, you, you were operating at a different level of course but there's still there's still got to be the adrenaline's still flowing isn't it there's still I, a buzz I, involved I did, in I it I did miss
3: it but towards the last year I felt like I was really slowing down boxing I was getting caught with shots off kids that I shouldn't have been caught with and that's why after I had 200 I thought I'm going to knock this on the head now I'm getting caught with silly shots and that but that's why I had just them eight fights then when Tommy Gilmore was about saying this and that to me now it's time to get out I've got out and like if I would have had 10 more fights or 20 more fights wouldn't still speak how I am now who's to say can't put a a price on your health can you do you what
2: What would you say is your looking back on it now what would you say is your your, your favourite memory
3: um that I won two Midland titles. Knocking two, out Brian Rob. Out Brian Rob. A yeah. <laughs> yeah Yeah, the, the, yeah they hated me that lot there. They all called me a Brummy Mick. <laughs> that would be always short, so. and shorts. Uh, but when I beat Matt Harris for the Midland title, he was unbeaten at the time, and that, that was so I had two belts, And when I fought for that WBA, that was my world title, do you know what I mean? That was my world title. Cause I, I Harold I, Harold you know. Yeah, yeah. John knows more about me than me. John did. John, John knows yeah. more about everyone no, you than got everyone. Encyclopedia. <laughs> <Insultipedium, laughs> Encyclopedia. <Johnny>? So <laughs> he's great, John. He's there. But um, look, say like that I never, I never turned down for it. I always thought, never went there and robbed the money and just took a dollar and went. Yeah, you know I mean, I won some good awards. Won the Joe Bromley Award. Won the Services to Boxing Award. All in London. Won some good awards. And I know. I remember Frank Warren. He had um, a do on at the Savoy years ago. I was the only middle boxer from the Midlands there all paid for, beer all night, must have cost him a bum at the end of the night I was lagging. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, you know what I mean? Like, little things like that, I was the only journeyman there. There was all champions, Joe Karazaki, all them, You know, uh, Kevin Mitchell, all them. I'm on the table with all them. Like, and, 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 and it must
0: have been nice to be there, to, to feel appreciated. appreciated. That's what he was, appreciated, To I mean? yeah. feel appreciated yeah, that you've been nice, an important uh, personality uh, and yeah. person in British boxing, which I have been, without look, a so doubt.
3: I've won that Joe Bromley award. Well, you look at the list, like, Alan Minta, Lennox Lewis, you know, Brendan Inglewood, the names that are on it. And my name's on there, do you know what I mean? So that's forever, that is. So, and like the services, the boxing thing, the people you see on I've won that and I've still got them in my house, do you know what I mean? I can always give my grandkids and tell them what it's about, do you know? I've still got my belts. Uh, yeah, proud of that fact.
2: In terms of Birmingham boxing, Matt, from, from your point of view, obviously Peter was boxing for about another eight, nine years after you turned pro, roughly. Yeah. When you're coming up through the gyms, You know, he's kind of, uh, he's like a legendary figure almost. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, Peter Buckley's a legend in his own
0: right, in in, in British boxing. Like, every single person, you say Peter Buckley in boxing, they know who he is. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? He's known. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I mean, like, you know what I mean? Everyone, like, every single week... When Scott was, especially in, in the era when Scott was on every yeah, week, yeah, every you know, week like every, you know, yeah. he was on it every <laughs> yeah, week. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? So, and he was going the distance with good prospects, yeah. like you say ABA champions, Olympians. You know, you yeah. know what I mean? Like say Naz was yeah. the first point to take Naz the distance, so yeah. it it was well well known, yeah. very much. So so uh, like he, like he said, he got he got the Joe Bromley Award. He was invited down to uh, do the I don't know what it was at Frank Warren at the Savoy, yeah, and yeah, yeah, everyone was right. there. So he's that's recognition. Yeah. And it's nice to recognize yeah, yeah. You know, and,
2: yeah. and to feel appreciated appreciate
3: yeah that's what it was yeah,
2: yeah. and it's just something that as we've been discussing it's quite unique to boxing i can't think of any other profession where you could where you could achieve what 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 you've achieved and stand shoulder to shoulder with with those kinds of names and and be there for for good reason it's it's been great fun this peter yeah you were always on our list i said that about john Pegg earlier no, like, on. <laughs> and uh, you were always on our list of people to uh, of people to talk to Did you get many requests by the way for media stuff because you seemed like the obvious person for us uh, you were the really obvious person when it came to speaking to someone to, to well, an away corner fighter I,
3: I did Yeah, I had loads but like, at the moment I'm writing a book someone's doing a book with me so, so they, they got back in touch with me the other day, they're on about. they think they got a publisher I've been on for about six months I haven't really said much about it because I'm not the type of person I am but um, that comes off really nice but I did get a lot of requests to do certain things but well, the packed in boxing, I packed in boxing, so, you know.
2: I, I mean, I did, I'm, I'm sure I did see, not that long ago, well, maybe it was a few years ago now, a talk of a film.
3: Yeah, well, what it was, um, a geezer from, uh, uh, what was it called there? State Street Pictures in America. He'd done uh, the Biggie Sports film um, that Robert, did. he done a few films anyway. He got, they got you touch with me, speak to him, blah, blah. Then they got a writer involved. Got scripts all done. It was all done over the phone and all that, but had writers and that. And then there was looking for finance to finance. We were going on for a few years. they were looking for financing that. But they just like were a bit dead in the water. They kept coming back to me saying we're trying to get so so many millions to make this film. Because at first when they're going, to, I thought it was a wind up. At first, you know what I mean? he's got in touch with oh, blah, 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 American. I was like, what? But then they told me what they'd done: the biggie, small film, um, the Robert De Niro film, a few films that. And then there was writers getting involved in. I was having like uh, it was just it was a bit surreal, but it was going on for a few years, and then like there was like couldn't get the funding for this and that, so just faded out basically. Do you know what I mean?
2: So who would play Peter Buckley then?
3: Some good looking geezer, I know that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, thanks very much for your company today. It's been really, really fun. Nice And uh, well, maybe John Pegg could get, could sort the film out. He's he's, yeah, he's a, yeah, John, yeah, he's the man on the scene. He yeah. knows how to get these things done. A bit of a sort of wry smile on his face there. Maybe this is something <laughs> that has that has uh, passed through his mind on occasion. Well, it'd be great if somebody did it. It'd be great if somebody did it because yeah. there's so many great stories to be told in boxing that you know you're kind of sport for choice really. But yeah, thanks for your time. No uh, We were always planning to come up here, and it's been it's been uh, it's been great. So that wraps it up for this episode of Matt Clinton's take hope you've enjoyed it we certainly had a, a good time get onto iTunes and give us a rate if you get the chance a nice five-star rating makes it easier for people to find this and we'll keep these coming uh, not exactly sure where we're going to turn up next but we'll have a think about it and we'll get the next one to you as soon as
1: we can get someone sneaking round a corner Could that someone be Mac the knife? There's a tugboat down by the river, don't you know? We're a cement bag. sports social podcast network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?